This morning, if you're a guest with us, I just want to let you know that you've come into a sermon series that we're journeying with Jesus on, and we begin in Advent, and we want to go from the Advent to the, uh, to the manger to the cross, from, from the birth of Jesus to, to his death and resurrection. And so um, we're, we're journeying with Jesus through this whole time, and, and we're here at the, in, in, the, in the last week of Jesus' life. So if you have your Bibles with you, I invite you to open to John chapter 14, where Jesus reveals himself to his disciples in some beautiful and dynamic ways. And, and we're going to look at four different revelations of, of Jesus as he shares of himself to his disciples and to us to, to deepen our Christology as we journey with Jesus, because the, the more we understand who Jesus is and the different ways he reveals himself, the more we get to interact with the fullness of who Jesus is. And so today we get to delve into some deep Christology here. And, um, but John chapter 14 begins on kind of a somber note. So if you have your Bibles, you're opening up there. Verse 1 simply begins by saying, Jesus says to his disciples, don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And the disciples' hearts were troubled right here. They were struggling. And the reason why the disciples were in turmoil in their own heart and their spirit was because at the end of, of chapter 13, Jesus tells the disciples some very distressing news to them. In John chapter 13, verse 33, Jesus says this, My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I'm going, you cannot come. And after all that the disciples have been through with Jesus, seeing Jesus do miracles, turning, turning water into wine early on in his ministry, and then providing food, uh, bread and, and lo- uh, fish to feed 5,000, healing the sick, bringing sight to the blind, even raising people from the grave. They've seen all of that. And then Jesus tells them, by the way, I'm leaving. Can you imagine how the disciples are starting to feel? So Peter responds. He says, Lord, where, where are you going? And Jesus replies, where I am going you cannot follow, but you will follow later. And then verse 37, Peter asks, Lord, why can't I follow you now? In fact, Peter says, I will lay down my life for you. Then Jesus answered, will you really lay down your life for me? Very truly, I tell you, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. Whew. Okay. Of all the disciples, Simon Peter is probably reeling the most. He's just, he's feeling it. But all the other disciples, they're feeling it too. What, what is Jesus saying? He's leaving us? And all of this sets the stage for chapter 14. And the disciples, they're troubled right here. Simon Peter was told that, He's going to disown Jesus three times when he himself thinks that he would die for Jesus. And Jesus uses the beginning of John chapter 14 to encourage the disciples 
And listen to how Jesus reveals himself. I've asked Tanya Lehman to come and read for us. If you have your Bibles open, please join in and read along. John chapter 14, 1 through 7. Thank you. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? You know, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place that I'm going. But Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know me and have seen him. Amen. Thank you, Tanya. This is the reading of God's word. And so, here in John chapter 14, Jesus reveals four things I want to highlight about who he is. And what I pray is that what we learn today will help deepen our Christology because it's important to know about Jesus. But can I just tell you that more importantly than just knowing about Jesus is to know him personally, to know who he is and how he interacts with us in our lives. And then by doing that, I pray that today we can truly experience the fullness of who Christ is in our lives. And so, the first thing that I want to point out in what Jesus says here in John chapter 14, um, beginning at verse 6, Jesus reveals, reveals something about himself that we, it's so easy to miss because it's so easy for us to jump right into the way, the truth, and the life. But here, the first two words that Jesus says, I am, reveals who he is. Uh, as he makes his connection with God the Father. Jesus reveals himself beginning with these words, I am. And when he says, I am, what Jesus is doing is he's is referencing his, his own relationship with God, God Almighty. And he reveals himself uh, in the same way God revealed himself to Moses in Exodus chapter 3. Now, I want you to know, this is not the first time Jesus uses the phrase, I am. He's, he said, I am, in many different contexts. In fact, when we preach from John chapter 11, Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. So, we've heard Jesus say, I am, before. But this time, he uses it in the context of him and the Father and the relationship that they have in such a powerful way. And so, in Exodus chapter 3, you guys know this story, hopefully, right? God is calling Moses to lead his people out of bondage and slavery for 400 years in Egypt. And, and, and God has heard their misery and has seen what has been going on. And he appears to Moses in the burning bush. So you guys remember the burning bush story? They're there at the mountain of God. And God says to Moses, hey Moses, take off your shoes. The place you're standing is holy ground. 
And what I want you to do is go to Pharaoh and liberate my people from the bondage of slavery that they have been in for 400 years. And he says, I have seen the misery of my people and I've heard them crying and I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people out of Egypt. Then Moses responds to God. And this is what Moses says in Exodus chapter 3, beginning at verse 13. Moses says to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? What then shall I tell them? And God says to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent you, sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, the name you shall call me from generation to generation. So, this phrase, I am, that Jesus refers to himself as, is this reference back to how God responds to his people as he brings them out of captivity, out of bondage and slavery for 400 years. I am is God's chosen name for himself. And this is what he tells Moses to tell the people that I am is the one that has sent me to you. Then he also says this, the Lord, and if you see in your Bibles, the word Lord is capitalized, all four letters, right? L-O-R-D. The Lord, your God, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. And so when you look into the Hebrew, the word I am and the reference to Lord, they both have the same root. And that root comes from the name Yahweh, the name of God, Yahweh. And so when we understand that I am and his name, the Lord, goes back to the name Yahweh, that that is God's name for his people, right? Yahweh, the reason why this is so important is because in that name carries the presence of God. And Moses tells the people of Israel that God's presence is with you and for you. And that's so important because when you're facing bondage and slavery for 400 years and you're looking for a way out, it's so important that the God that you serve is not just the God that we call, that we can pray to, that, that you know, he's just a God that's transcendent. Instead, he's a God that's present. That this God that we're talking about, the one that has sent me to you to free you, to liberate you from 400 years of slavery, this God is with us. And he's for us. And then, when we look back into this story, right? Because we know the story. We've read it in the Bible. We know that it has come to pass. And that is the hope that we can have when we look to God, when we look to Jesus, I am, to to bring liberation into our own lives, that he is going to be the God that is present with us and for us in our present suffering as well, too. 
And so when Jesus uses this name, I am, he's saying that he is God Almighty with us, which is exactly who he is, right? Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us. That's what John chapter 1 verse 14 says. And as Jesus reveals himself to us as the great I am, what we need as people of God need to know is this, that the gravity of that name holds true for you and for me till this very day. It's not just the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. It is the God that comes to us when we need him the most. And the revelation that Jesus gave to us as I am, he's saying that the very presence of God is with us. And in the church, we have a pretty big theological name that goes along with that when we talk about the presence of God with us, and that is the incarnation, right? When God comes in the flesh. And that's who Jesus is, the embodiment of God in the flesh. So when we look back here into this passage here in John chapter 14, verse 6, when Jesus says, I am the way, and I am the truth, and I am the life, what he's saying is, I am present with you in the flesh. And just like how the people of Israel were suffering under bondage, The presence of God freed them from that bondage. And the story we know is that they were liberated and brought into the promised land. And I am was the one that led them. So whatever you're going through today, the struggles and the challenges that you face, know this, that Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And that his very presence is the presence of God with us no matter what you are going through today. God is present with you. And especially in these challenging times. The same God that brought the Israelites out of Egypt is the same God that journeys with us today. And I take great hope in that. And I pray that today you can take hope in knowing that Jesus is the great I am for you. So God is with us. He is with us. He is for us. And when we have made room in our hearts for Jesus, not only is he with us, and not only is he for us, but he is in us. And I praise God for that. But there's more. There's so much more. Jesus is not only the great I am, Jesus also says, I am the way. And um, when, G- when we talk about the way, the, the thing that comes to mind is, is the path or the route to go somewhere. Do you know the way to the airport today after service? I've got to take Rochelle to the airport. She's flying up to Sacramento. I'm going to be a bachelor for two days. If I ask you, do you know the way to the airport? If I ask three different people, you all might give me three different paths to take, to to go from here to, to the airport. 
And because we understand the way, meaning the route or the journey of the, the path that we want to take to a specific destination, to the airport. That's where I'm going. And, and we can plot the way to the airport. But what Jesus tells us here today is when he says, I am the way, it's important to know the destination that Jesus is pointing us to that he's telling us that he is the way to. It's not the airport, by the way. <laughs> Jesus is not saying, I'm the way to the airport. We know where he's pointing us to because the Bible tells us. He says, I am the way to the Father. And no one comes to the Father except through me. That's what Jesus says. And so in essence, what Jesus is saying is that I am the only way to the Father. And there's no other way that you can get there. And, and people like to think that there are many different avenues to get to God. But Jesus is saying, if you think that, then you're wrong. Because I am the only way to God the Father. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the way to the Father. And Simon Peter, he echoed this very same sentiment that Jesus taught in Acts chapter 4 verse 12 when he says, Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. There's no other way that we can get to the Father. There's no other way that we can find salvation except through the only way. And that is through Jesus. And without a way to the Father, people are hopeless. What hope is there in this world if we cannot get access to God the Father. But we thank God that we have found the way. And that is Jesus. Because he is the way. And so know this, church. That the way is not a path. The way is not a route. The way is a person. And that person is Jesus. The way to heaven comes through one person. And that's Jesus Christ, our Lord. But Jesus also says this, I am the truth. And again, that phrase, I am, helps us to understand the truth that Jesus is trying to convey. From here, Jesus reveals himself as the source of truth. He's the embodiment of truth. And he says, I am truth. And not long after Jesus says this about himself, the truth, the very things that, that he said would happen, actually do happen, right? Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And, and he said some things that, that he said was going to take place that, that does take place. The first thing we know, that Judas was going to betray, uh, to, to betray him. And Judas does betray him. He says, I'm, uh, another thing that's going to happen is 
Simon Peter, you're going to deny me three times. It's pretty specific, right? If, if I just said, Simon Peter, you're going to deny me, and, and he does, well, yeah, it could be coincidence. But when he says, you're going to deny me three times, and it actually happens three times, you're like, wow. And he says, I'm going to be arrested and taken away. And so Jesus says all of these things, and they all come to pass. But I want you to know that when they come to pass, it's not so much that Jesus is being prophetic here in foretelling the future. What Jesus is being is the truth. What he says is what happens. What he says truly, truly does take place. It's the truth. And you know what else Jesus says? And we can count on this being the truth. He says, I am coming back. I am returning. And just as he said that these, Judas was going to betray him and it happened, and just as he said that he was going to be arrested and it happened, and just as he said that Simon Peter, you're going to die, deny me three times and it happens, that's because Jesus is the truth. And another thing we know is the truth is, he said, I am coming back. And when I come back, I am going to take you with me so that you can be where? I am. And we see this all unfolding here in Jesus' life. And while all this is happening, Jesus gets arrested. He gets taken away. And, and the Jews bring him before Pontius Pilate. He's being tried right now. And then, this is what's so interesting as you read this. The juxtaposition between Jesus being the truth and all the lies that are being hurled toward Jesus and about Jesus. Here is the truth, and here are the people wanting to get rid of Jesus. And so, what do they bring? Lies. And they shout to Pontius Pilate, he's this and he's that. And Pontius Pilate listens, and then he goes inside and he talks to Jesus. And Jesus, the truth, responds to him. And he goes outside and he goes, this is not all adding up. What are you trying to say? And he listens to the lies and he goes back in and he listens to Jesus again. And this happens. And then the last time that Jesus and Pontius Pilate begin to talk to one another. In John chapter 18, verse 37 and 38, Pontius Pilate then says, Then, then you are a king, said Pontius Pilate. And Jesus answered him, You say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. And everyone on the side of truth listens. And in verse 38, What is truth? Returned, uh, retorted Pilate. He, he, he doesn't even know it. What is truth? And if you read on, you know what, go, you know what happens? Pontius Pilate goes back outside and he faces all these Jewish leaders that are trying to get rid of Jesus. And you know what he says to them? He says, uh, I find no basis for your charges against this man. He's saying, what you guys are saying, they're all lies. I don't believe you. I believe the man that's inside. You know why? He's the truth. And even though Pontius Pilate didn't understand what truth is, he says, what is, what is truth? When you encounter truth, you know what it is. 
despite all the lies that were being hurled about with Jesus, many voices against this one. When Pontius Pilate came face to face with Jesus, he experienced truth amidst the lies that were hurled all about Jesus. And the same thing is happening today. The same problem. People don't understand what truth is. Just like Pontius Pilate, in our world today, people, what is truth? And so you know what they do? They rationalize truth. Truth is considered to be relative to each person. And we know that that's not true. That's the lie. The lie is that we can make our own truth. But here's the problem. When truth is in the presence of lies, it illuminates the lie. In the same way that Jesus is the truth, and, and his, his life illuminated the lies of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, when we come face to face with Jesus in our own lives, the truth will be revealed. When we put our faith in who Jesus is, when he tells us he is the truth, and we can look into his word and believe that this is the written word of God, just as Jesus is the living word of God. We know where we can find where truth is. And this is why today's sermon is so important. Because our Christology needs to inform us, to tell us, to teach us, so that we know where we can find truth. And truth is not found within me and what I think. Truth is not relative. Truth is the Word of God, which is written and truth is the living word of God. And it is Jesus when he says, I am the truth. And even if the world doesn't understand Jesus and lies about Jesus and persecutes the church and persecutes Jesus, can I just tell you that none of that matters to what truth really is? Because Jesus is the, tr Jesus is the truth. And when Jesus says, I am the truth, we can take that to heart. We can believe in that in the same way that when Jesus says, I am coming again, we know that that is true. Amen. Amen, church. The final word that Jesus gives to us, the final revelation that he tells us, is Jesus says, I am the life. Jesus is the source of life. And I preached on this a couple of weeks ago in John chapter 11 when we talked about Jesus saying, I am the resurrection and the life, right? You've heard me say that. He says, whoever believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever believes in me will never die. And the question that I left all of you with that he asks us is, do you believe this? Do you believe this? As the source of life, Jesus' desire is that we live our lives abundantly. 
in, in, in just the, the most beautiful way that God has planned and prepared for our lives to be. Not everybody is going to live with abundance in resources, but abundant in spirit. But abundant in, in the joy that God gives where you can find that joy nowhere else. Abundant in the grace of God that where he pours it into our lives, we can share it with those around us. Abundant in mercy and abundant in forgiveness. Abundant in all of the things that really matter to make life purposeful and great. And it's not the abundance of the things that we have in this world, but the abundance of who we have in our lives. And the more we know about Jesus, the more abundant this life grows within us. And that's why in John 10.10, Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly, to have it to the full. That's what Jesus is talking about. Jesus gives this abundant life to those who seek him with all their hearts. Jesus gives this abundant life eternally. We can have it now, and we can have it for all time. And it all comes, church, through this intimate and personal relationship that we have with Jesus I began by saying it's good to know about Jesus. But it's so much more important for us to know Jesus personally. To know who he is as he interacts with us. As he moves in our lives. And he shapes us and molds us so that we can be like him. We can be Christ-like. And that transforming work of the great I am comes to us in who Jesus reveals himself to be. I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. In John chapter 17, verses 1 through 3, Jesus says this. This is his high priestly prayer. This is his prayer to God. This is what he's asking for God. In his high priestly prayer, he prays for himself. Then he prays for his disciples. And then he prays for those yet to believe. That's us. This is the prayer he prays for himself. This is the prayer he prays as he begins this prayer. John chapter 17, verses 1 through 3. And after Jesus said this, he looked towards heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. To know I am. To know the great I am. And the fullness of who I am truly, truly is. This is Jesus' prayer for himself. That he's praying for you and for me and for our world to know him. So it is my prayer that you know the great I am. That you know the great I am, which is the way to the Father, which is where he's leading all of us if we would follow him. 
And that's the truth because Jesus says, I am the truth. And in that, you will find the purpose for abundant life. That's what Jesus came to give. Jesus is the only way to the Father. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven today, you have revealed your son Jesus to us in just the most beautiful way. To know that he is the great I am. And that phrase, that that title, that name, I am, is how, Lord God, you have identified yourself to your people. I am is the one that sent you. That's what you told Moses to tell the people. And now this great I am has come in the flesh and has walked among your people in humanity. This great I am, Jesus said, I am now the way for all of you to find your way to get back to the Father. And I want you to know there's no other way except through me. And this is the truth that you can believe in. Because I am the truth. I am the living word of God. And what I said in the beginning of verse 14, that I am going to make a way for you. And where I am, there you will be also. And I am also the life. And that life is the life that we can live today. So I pray, dear God, that in our congregation today, we prayed for revival earlier. Thank you, Rochelle. That's my prayer. That you would revive each of our hearts. Not just to take a sermon like this and go, meh, that's good. But to allow the truth of who you are, Jesus, to get into us. That's my prayer for me. Sink deep into my heart and my life that I can respond to you, the great I am. Oh, Lord. Help us not to leave this place without knowing you as the great I am and allowing you, Jesus, to lead us home to the Father. Father in heaven, hear our prayers today. Come into our lives, Jesus. We don't want to just know about you. We want to know you because you are, your presence with us means the world to take us through this world and all of the difficulties and challenges that we face, you are with us. You are for us. And Lord God, we invite you to come into our lives today. Be our Savior. And be our Lord, we ask in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me? Jenny is coming to do the benediction. Did you hear the benediction? May these words that Jenny shares with you sink deep into your heart.